Hello and welcome back to the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. Holy cow, where is the season gone? Oh man, it just seems like it just really flew by this year. It's like, it's crazy. You know, you know why it flew by? Do tell. Because this for me has been, you know, and I've been, I've been doing the Calgary Stampeder broadcast since 2004. Mm -hmm. This by far has been the most entertaining season. I know Dave Dickinson has talked about it, but you know, this, this team is not a dominant team, Dave. We've talked about that before in the podcast, but they are in in every single game. They don't win every single game, and yeah. it doesn't look like they're going to get you know first place, obviously. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I tell you what, I, I have been truly entertained every time this team steps on the field, and I, I hope the fans have as well, because I think it's just been a really, really exciting season. Yeah, I mean, and I think if you if you look at attendance, I mean, they're not going to be setting any kinds of records, but I think the home crowds this year mm-hmm. have been solid, and, and as I say, I was joking around uh, with some of the players on the sideline, it's like, man, they cut off the beer sales after the third quarter. You don't have to keep them around right until the end of the game. But, you know, as you say, you know, they're selling you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. It's, yeah. uh, it has been uh, an entertaining year. And so here it is. It comes down to the final weekend of the regular mm-hmm. season. And we still don't know. It could be first. It could be second. It could be third. And so as we head towards the playoffs, uh, we'll do the playoff preview next time around right. because we just don't know what's going to happen in the uh, the next few days I think days we have an so. idea because, yeah. you know, if I was going to guess right now, I think Saskatchewan's obviously going to get first. They're mm-hmm. not going to lose to the Edmonton Eskimos. Eskimos aren't playing Trevor Harris this weekend. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear, even though the Calgary Stampeders are banged up and we don't know what's going to happen with their secondary this weekend. You know, they could have three ve- veterans out of their secondary, which could really hurt. But without Mike Riley, I just don't think the BC Lions are that good of a team. So, you know, I think the Stampeders are going to win this game on Friday night. And that means, you know, Calgary's going to host the Western semifinal. Saskatchewan is going to host, you know, the final. And, you know, can Calgary beat Winnipeg? That's a team that has beaten Calgary twice this year, whether they do it at home or do it on the road. Uh, every single game has been entertaining, as we talked about off the top. Uh, but but I, I I will take the Stampeders' chances with Bo Levi Mitchell over Zach Kaleros or Chris Streveler or whoever. Yep, day one of uh, the practice week, there yep. were, I think it was eight regular were getting, you know, what yeah. they call vet days, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just too banged up to go. You know, guys like uh, Cordero Law, who missed the last game, but also, you know, Trey Roberson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Royce Mechie, of course, who yeah. Deshaun had the Amos scary injury. Deshaun Amos yeah. was missing uh, in action. Eric Rogers. Uh, yeah. So it, uh, well, you know, we'll see how this plays out at the end of the week. So I guess uh, this week we wanted to talk about some of our surprises and disappointments, mm-hmm. both from the Calgary Stampeders and from the CFL standpoint. And I guess surprise number one, we've been talking about it right now, is just how close and competitive that uh, the whole Western race has been this year. Yeah, w- without a doubt. And and it, should we be surprised because I go back to, you know, early in the season in the podcast, I thought there was no chance that this team was going to even be in a battle for first place. I, I, I thought, you know, when I looked at this team, all the changes they had, you know, in the offseason with retirements, with players bolting to the NFL, with players moving through free agency, I, I thought it was going to be a third place team. I, I really did. And even though they were, and, and again, Shame on me because I didn't have any trust in Huff or Dickey, obviously, from that standpoint, (laughs) because I really did think this team was going to be around the 10-win mark. And, you know, they're around that mark right now, but because of the, the tightness of the division, as you, as you mentioned, because, you know, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary are all so darn close, um, I, I think it just makes it that much, uh, that much more entertaining, not only for the fans, but for us in the media as well. So you're right. Just the, you know, I, I think, hey, if we really wanted to look at it, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, after they lost Jeremiah Mazzoli, I thought they would come back to the pack. 
They're the one team that hasn't. Yeah. I think right now the Hamilton Tiger Cats are the class of the Canadian Football League. I'll be stunned if they're not here in November for Grey Cup 107 because I just think they're so deep offensively, defensively, and obviously special teams as well. So that's the one team that I'm pretty confident in saying will be here in Calgary. But who's going to be the Western represented? Flip a coin. Yeah, I mean, Hamilton, not going to fall in the category of, uh, of surprise for the year because you looked at the East and you figured that they were going to be pretty much who right. they were. It's a, a surprise that they've although, been able to although, get it done without so, so, Jamar and Mazzoli. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, and I was going to say, when they lost Mazzoli, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, because I didn't really know what to expect from Dane Evans. And Dane Evans has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's been very good, as a matter of fact. So from that perspective, um, I, I think, you know, they haven't missed a beat and I think what's going to be really interesting in the offseason is, you know, it, let, let's say Dane Evans gets the team to the Grey Cup. Whether he wins or loses the Grey Cup, isn't he your quarterback moving forward because he's under contract next year? You know, what do you do with Jeremiah Mazzoli? He, he, obviously, you're going to lose him as a free agent, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, a, and that's a podcast for another day right. because there's a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. are going to be in, in that vote. But, you know, say getting back to surprises on the year, I would put the Calgary Stampeders' competitiveness as one of the mm-hmm. major surprises of the year, because when you looked at the, you know, we've documented the the losses in the off season and the injuries at the start of the year and losing the great cup, uh, you know, this or the CFL's most outstanding player for an extended period of time. And yet they still have a chance of finishing in top spot going into yeah. the final weekend. Pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that because at the start of the season, I'll go back to my early season predictions. I thought Winnipeg was going to be the class of the West. And, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen with Matt Nichols. And sure enough, he goes down with an injury. You know, Saskatchewan, I thought, was going to be a playoff team. I thought they were going to be probably the second best team in the Western Division. As I said earlier, I thought Calgary was going to be third. And, you know, Saskatchewan, after they lost, their starting quarterback, Zach Caleros, in week one, I I wasn't sold on Cody Fajardo. I, I, I thought he was a, an okay quarterback, but I didn't think he would have the season that he has had, you know, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So from, from that perspective, these are all surprises to me because the number of quarterbacks that have gone down in the league this year and the fact that, you know, some of these, I'll call them no-name quarterbacks at the start of the season, have turned into name quarterbacks here in the Canadian Football League. Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, among them, talking about uh, surprises. Great example. Uh, in, great example. In, in, Montreal. But yeah, I would definitely list Saskatchewan as as a big surprise because we knew they were going to have a good defense. You get Charleston Hughes, you've mm. got you Micah, know, Johnson. Micah Johnson, the personnel they've got on defense. But again, their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year was Zach Calero. Said, so, you know, you wondered how long he was going to last. Answer, not very long. And even if Zach stayed healthy, there's a big question where yeah. the point's going to come from from this team. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got a healthy William Powell coming out of the backfield. You've got a talented group of receivers that uh, Cody Fajardo was able to get the ball to, and they've got, Craig Dickinson has devised a good game plan for Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo is not going to beat you with the 60-yard bomb over the top. You know, they've got a good ball control offense. You know, they, they wear you out. They keep your defense on the field for a long time. And they've had success. So pleasant surprise, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned with Craig Dickinson, you know, rookie head coach. So that was another unknown. And, and hey, who's the best coach in the Canadian Football League right now? I'm biased, but but I'll still say it's Craig Dickinson. Is he going to win the Most Outstanding Coach Award? No, he's not, uh, because that's not how the, the voters will go. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I think Craig Dickinson has done a, done an excellent job. Kahari Jones has done an excellent job. Uh, you know, obviously, Orlando Steinhauer has done an excellent job. Uh, we can look back at 2019 and say not only this been a very, very entertaining and exciting year. Uh, some of these young coaches have really, really stepped up. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Eddie. Kahari Jones, uh, just the way he has inspired mm-hmm. that Montreal team. At the start of the year, I said, hey, watch out for this team. 
I, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were, but I didn't think they were going to be as bad as everyone was making them out to be. A lot of good players on that team, and they needed something to bring it all together, and Kahari Jones has been the glue that cemented that team. Yeah, I guess if, if you're looking at the biggest surprise in the Canadian Football League, and you had to ask just, just one, one surprise, and it's a team... I would say the Montreal Alouettes. Montreal Alouettes. Give it everything. You know, yeah. they had you know the ownership mess going oh. in. Uh, you know, empty, coaching mess. Empty stands, coaching mess, <laughs> general manager mess. Hot mess. Hot mess. Hot mess. Everywhere yes. you look with this team, and all of a sudden, boom, they're going to be hosting a home playoff date, yeah. and, and they're putting fans in the seats again. Well done. Yes, exactly. And the ownership is still a mess, but yeah. hopefully they'll get that uh, resolved soon. But without a doubt, I think, uh, you know, hey, kudos to what they've done there. And and it's important to have a healthy Montreal franchise. Everybody talks about a, a healthy Toronto franchise. But Montreal, as you know, with, uh, you know, U Sports, you know, Laval, Quebec, you know, being mm-hmm. a real hotbed, you know, for amateur football, I, I just think it's really important to have a healthy Montreal Alouettes team. I'll agree to 100%. Uh, for, uh, for, for a surprise, let's just bring it back to the local level. Here, okay. just as far as the Stampeders go, in terms of personnel, who's been a pleasant surprise for you? You know that that's that's a great question because I I, I look at somebody like Cordero Law, and Cordero Law to me has has you know, and, and and you can tell when he's not in the lineup, you're missing something. Heart and soul, heart heart and soul guy, and and there's one other name, and if he doesn't win the most outstanding you know Canadian nominee for Calgary, I'll be disappointed. It's got to be Derek Wiegand. Absolutely, I, Derek Wiegand. I think is is he's always been a good player, but I didn't know how good of a player he was until Junior Turner goes down. And as he was talking to you earlier this week in an interview, you know he's never played 18 games in his career. And he's going to play all 18 games this year, and he has been so solid, especially after losing, you know, Mike Johnson. I, I think the other one for me, Dave, and, and sorry, I'm probably cutting into some of your your thoughts here, but just some of the young talent that John Huffnagel has once again recruited. You know, guys like Chris Kasher and Nate Hawley and Raheem Wilson and, you know, Herjie Mayala. Uh, you know, Reggie Bagleton is not a rookie, but he's having, a, you know, a breakthrough season. So these, these to me, are just some real nice, pleasant stories in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put Reggie Begleton on my list of surprises because coming off the arm injury with the way he started last year, yeah. I figured that he was going to be in line for a big season. Also, with the way the receiving core was set up, even before Jawan Breskison got uh, got hurt, you knew that Reggie was going to be one of the feature guys out there with uh, with No Mark and Michelle, and again with Jawan Breskison going mm-hmm. down, and he has uh, he has certainly risen to the challenge out there. In terms of surprises, yeah, I, I'm going to look at Herji Mayala, the number one draft pick, and Again, going back to Juwan Breskison, Juwan Breskison was a project. He wasn't an impact player right away. It was really, I would say it was his third year before he really started to stand up and show us what he was capable of. Herji Mayala didn't have that option. Herji Mayala was forced into action early. He got hurt early. He was having a tough time because you think, oh, Canadian kid. But he's a Canadian kid coming out of NCAA football. So it took him a while to figure out the playbook and the three-down game. But his growth in the back half of the season has been nothing short of phenomenal. And on the other side of the coin, we have to look at some disappointments for the year. And uh, I'll start with this one because I don't think that there is a bigger disappointment than the BC Lions. You know, not that anyone expected them to come in and mm-hmm. knock everybody off and, uh, you know, and win a great cup in their first year, but such high hopes for Devon Claybrooks. Uh, you know, the personnel they go out and get, starting with, with Mike Riley, you expected this team to contend 
and it was just such a disastrous start uh, from there that they're, they're they're just picking up the pieces. There was such a buzz in the offseason. You know, first stealing Devon Claybrooks from the Calgary Stampeders, going out and getting the quarterback in Mike Riley, and and we know what a gamer Mike Riley is, and you know, and 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 he did everything he could to try to carry that team, but it was so tough because he was on his butt basically every single game. The offensive line wasn't quite good enough, and it just goes to show you. You know, in a salary management world like the Canadian Football League, when you spend that much money on one player, and the Calgary Stampeders are in a similar situation, you know, with Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, you know, they've been they've been a little more fortunate with some of their young talent, unlike the BC Lions. And again, that's that's uh, kudos to Huff. Um, you know, you you have to be really really careful how you're building your team in a salary management world. And I think that did catch up to the BC Lions. Uh, I, hey, are, are the BC Lions going to be better next year? I hope so. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope so for Devon Claybrooks because if they're not better, you know, he could be uh, he could be looking for a job, which uh, you know it's not going to happen this off season, obviously, from that standpoint with Ed Hervey. But uh, yeah, the BC Lions, uh, a huge, huge disappointment. And I will add one more team: the Ottawa Red Blacks. How can they be a crappier team now than they were when they were an expansion team? <laughs> you know, and, and you know they they lost, and and this this falls on Marcel Desjardins, the general manager, because when they lost Trevor Harris. They didn't have an answer. No. And it was almost like when the Montreal Alouettes lost Anthony Calvillo, they didn't have an answer. And you know this is a quarterback-driven league, and you know that, that doesn't fall on Rick Campbell. It falls on Marcel Desjardins for me. So the Ottawa Red Blacks have just been a terrible team, and they were such a good story as an expansion team, but they, they look more like an expansion team now. I mean, the, that team was destroyed in about the first 45 minutes of free agency. Yeah. And again, that falls on the general manager because you know it's, it's up to the general manager to get the business done, just to identify the guys mm-hmm. that you have to have and get them locked down. But, uh, you know, their roster was was just pillaged. But getting back to the BC Lions, mm-hmm. just to complete uh, the thought on that, uh, another reason that it's so disappointing to see the off-field performance was for the first time in a long time, there was buzz on the West yes. Coast about yep. football. You know, say the, the Lions football has been uncool for a while now. And Devon Claybrooks and the swagger that he was bringing back had the people, crooked hat. Yeah, the crooked hat. You know, <laughs> had people talking about BC Lions football and buying tickets in the early going. And unfortunately, with the horribleness of the football team, that has kind of fallen by the wayside. Now, I mean, David Braley, that team needs to get sold and needs mm-hmm. to get some fresh ownership with fresh ideas. You know, you don't worry about that team from a business standpoint, because David Braley ain't going to let it go anywhere. But, uh, you know, someone needs to come in with some fresh ideas and make football on the West right. Coast cool again. They had a chance this year, well, and they blew it. And, and you are originally a Vancouver boy. Yeah. And, and you know, hey, the, the Lions were cool for a certain, you know, cool maybe the the wrong word, but, you know, they, they were having packed stadiums at the old Empire Stadium. And, you know, even at BC Play Stadium, they've had some some good crowds. And, and this was your opportunity because all of a sudden, they were the talk of the BC landscape. Mm-hmm. And, and it is unfortunate that they've fallen flat on their face because I think that's now going to take them a little while to get back, even with Mike Riley, with the Vaughn. Claybrooks, I don't think fans are going to be, you know, pouring back in at the start of next season. I, I think ultimately um, they're going to have a take a wait and see approach. So you're right, the ownership and somebody that really, you know, wants to to make sure that team has a future uh, has to come in and, uh, and and be proud of the BC Lions. 
How about uh, a non-Stampeder player disappointment, someone that you were expecting better things out of this year that uh, that just didn't deliver as far as you were concerned? Wow, that's that's a really, really good question because, you know, you, you look at, you know, and, and again, I guess it could be Mike Riley because Mike Riley, I think we all had expectations mm-hmm. uh, he was going to have a great season, especially, you know, with uh, with Brian Burnham from that standpoint. Um, you know, so so he comes right to the top of, of my mind. Uh, from that uh, from that perspective, I, I think you know in Saskatchewan did they did they get as much out of Micah Johnson as the Calgary Stampeders got out of Micah Johnson? No, I mean considering the fact yeah. that he became one of the one of the if not the highest played exactly. defensive lineman in the league with that contract, then yeah, that that would be a disappointment. Yeah, no, I I, I think so. I, I think so as well. So again, in Saskatchewan fans may say no, not not a chance because you know they're they're going to be in first place. So those two come you know directly to mind right now, and and I, I think. You know, I'm trying to think in the East. No, I, I, I don't see anything happening there. Uh, I think Hamilton is is a really good team. Um, Edmonton Eskimos. I, I just. I don't know how Jason Moss still has a job, personally. <laughs> you know, he, his team was a 500 team last year, now making the playoffs. His team is going to be under 500 this year. Ask that question again in three weeks. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be one and done. You know, come uh, come playoff time, even though they did have a plan on like Ottawa going out and getting Greg Ellingson, going out and getting you know Trevor Harris. Um, I I think that team should be better than they are. So I, I throw that one on Jason Moss. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, that that's fair. When you look at Greg Ellingson a guy on the top of his game hasn't really been in the discussion nope. in terms of elite receivers and, and DeVaris Daniels they've mismanaged DeVaris Daniels so badly a, a guy who is a receiver with talent and upside here and this year has just been a huge uh, a huge setback for DeVaris so yep. I definitely put that in the disappointment column and they don't want to finish on too much of a, a down note here but in terms in terms of the Stampeders has mm-hmm. there been a, a player or players that you'd look to get more out of this year? Two players stand out for me, mm-hmm. and and obviously we know about the issues with the run game. I think Don Jackson has been a huge disappointment, and you know, is it all on Don Jackson? No, but a lot of it is on Don Jackson because when he has gotten the opportunity, he hasn't done anything with it. And part of that could be the offensive line, part of it could be other issues. But you know, after last year, I had huge expectations for Don Jackson. I thought they would have more of a balanced attack. You know, Kadeem Carey came in. I thought he was looking good. Then he goes down with an injury. Romar Morris. Uh, Romar Morris. You know, it was a great story coming back. He's out with uh, with an injury. Uh, I, I love Ante Leader. He's just not ready to be a, a, you know, a number one tailback in the Canadian Football League, in my opinion. So uh, the run game falls on Don Jackson right now, and he better pick it up come playoff time because it could be a, could be an interesting. You know, if they don't have any semblance of a run, maybe. maybe Maybe Bo, Bo uh, Levi will start and run the ball a couple of times, which I'm not counting on. Uh, number two for me is Terry Williams. And, and I know Terry Williams is a little bit banged up and nicked up and, and mm. fighting some injuries, but uh, just the inconsistencies all season long from the special teams, not only from their coverage teams, which I think have been pretty poor, uh, but their, their return game hasn't been dynamic. And we all remember what happened. Great Cup 106, the amazing return by Terry Williams. He had so many great returns last year. He was a difference maker for this team. So two veterans that stand out for me that, that really have dropped the ball this year are those two. And yeah, Don Jackson, uh, in, in some ways a victim 
victim of circumstance because, yeah, he came in. There was upside to Don Jackson and expectation this year. He comes in. You're remaking one side of the offensive line with Ryan Sevier and Neela Kazatati. And the offensive line struggled in the early going, mm-hmm. and I think the running game paid the price there. Then Don gets hurt, has to go out long-term uh, on the concussion protocol. Meanwhile, the running game is getting healthy. You know, Kadeem Carey is starting to show some promise. As you say, he gets hurt. Uh, Romar with the other Achilles tendon. And then when Jackson gets back into the lineup, suddenly the team is running into ratio problems, and they're having to juggle that offensive line again. So, yeah, he's a, he's a victim of circumstance that uh, puts an Ante leader in the backfield mm-hmm. because you need a Canadian back there. But he's going to get his opportunities, and he's going to need to make the most yeah. of them. And, and you're right about, you know, the ratio issues, but if he was having a dynamic season, uh, the Stampeders wouldn't worry about the ratio issues. They would go with the three, three you know, nationals on that offensive line. But right now, he's not he's not doing enough you know, as in my opinion, you know, to take this team over the top of the running game. And, and yes, he's a great blocker, but every time he touches the ball, it's, it's just, it's a disappointment. So, Hey, I, I got to call it like I see it. Surprises, disappointments. They've been coming our way through mm-hmm. the regular season. They're going to be coming our way through the playoffs as well. Hey, next week, make sure you join us because uh, we'll know who exactly is going where. We'll set up the playoffs for you. In the meantime, we'd like to hear your thoughts, your comments. What are some of your surprises and disappointments for the year? Uh, feedback. Let us know what you think about what we're doing on the podcast. Give us some story ideas. Tell a friend, hey, the more downloads we get, the happier we are. And who doesn't want to make us happy? Have you got your Grey Cup 107 tickets yet? There's Still a few available, so don't forget about that. Get on out there and uh, make sure to tell a friend to uh, look anywhere you get your podcast for the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. 